Hey friends, this is episode 31 of Faith Fitness Joy, food hacks and swaps that only feel like cheats. Among the many reasons I hate the concept of dieting is the connotation of deprivation. I don't know about you, but I hear the word diet and I think of a gigantic list of what I cannot eat. People talk about mentally preparing themselves for going on a diet. Believe it or not, you can eat healthy and enjoy what you eat. This includes what we may think of as treats or foods that tend to be off limits in many of the diets that we might be familiar with. I have learned a ton of these in my lifetime of dieting, and so today I am going to share some of my go-to food hacks and swaps that are good for you and will not derail your efforts. So go get your notebook, get comfortable, and join me in today's episode of Faith Fitness Joy. Hi again. Just before we jump into today's episode of Faith Fitness Joy, I wanted to extend an invitation to you to join me on my personal Facebook page, Rochelle Weiss. The link is in the episode description for a free three-day masterclass on June 27th through June 30th at 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, and it is called Believe the Art of Walking in Faith. Hope to see you there. This is Faith Fitness Joy, and I am Rochelle Weiss. Does losing weight or getting fit and healthy seem hopeless? Do you struggle with how to get started? Maybe you're tired of being on the diet and fitness roller coaster, or sometimes feel overwhelmed, depressed, and like you have somehow lost yourself in the busyness of motherhood, work, and life. Do you want to have more energy and feel more connected and happy? Do you seek a deeper connection to God? Faith Fitness Joy is all about achieving full health. It is about health of the body, mind, and soul for Christian moms. If you are ready to lose weight or get fit, improve your nutrition, feel better, healthier, and happier, while also strengthening and deepening your connection to God, then this is the podcast for you. episode 31 of Faith Fitness Joy. Today I am sharing some of my food hacks and swaps that I have picked up from many different diets over the years that I still use today. As I'm sure you would agree, food is a major part of our daily life and we want to enjoy what we eat. So if you're forcing down things that you really don't want to eat or that you absolutely can't stand because they're part of your diet, then you're not really very likely to sustain that plan for very long. You can only suffer through it for so long. Plus, life is short and there are simply too many good foods out there and there are too many options to confine ourselves to trying to live on chicken breast and broccoli for the rest of time because we might gain weight or derail our weight loss or our physique goals if we do. And believe me, I've tried. So, as I have shared countless times, I've been dieting in some form or fashion since I was about 14 years old, and I have tried all there is to try. Being that I am human, I would always try to find the sort of treats that I could have without stepping out of the bounds of whatever diet I was following at a given time. And I used to think of them as low-carb, low-calorie, low-fat, or whatever other diet term version of treats or desserts. Over the years, though, I still use many of these hacks and swaps that I am sharing with you today, even though I don't follow a low-carb or low-calorie or low-fat per se type of a diet. 
As some of you may know from other episodes that I've done, I tend to follow a macro tracking approach or a whole eating or a whole food, um, clean eating type of approach. But depending on what you're doing for your eating approach, um, some of these may or may not fit as great as others, but the intention here with this episode is to just give you a lot of options so that you can find at least a few things that will work for you with whatever um, diet or eating plan you're on. So um, I am sure you would agree that we all love different things that maybe aren't, you know, quote, diet friendly, right? Like pizza or pasta, tacos, burgers, french fries, and of course, desserts. And when we get in the diet mentality, we tend to think of these things as off limits completely. And as a side note, I I believe this is one of the reasons that diets often fail, because it puts you in a mindset of these are the things that I cannot have. And then on some level, you're almost kind of obsessing about those things because it's like once you're once it's in your brain that you like can't have that, then it's like you want it even more. And then you just feel deprived all the time. And then at some point you end up, you know, we end up doing things like binge eating or we go overboard one weekend and then we get in this all or nothing mentality like, oh, now I've done it. I might as well just give up and Uh, That's it for this, you know, diet of mine kind of a thing. And it's just not, it's just not sustainable. It's not worthwhile. But anyway, the good news is that they are not off limits, a lot of these foods, and there are plenty of hacks and swaps for nearly anything that you love. So you can still have meals that you actually look forward to and still stay on track for your goals. So let's start with some of the low carb swaps that I've found over the years, since these are kind of the first ones that I developed or or came across in my weight loss journey, if you will. So um, when I first went on the the low carb diets, when I did that, um, I was in my early 20s. So at that time, the popular diets were like the South Beach diet and the Atkins diet. Um, And I was doing the Atkins diet. So that meant that for the most part, I was only eating 20 grams of carbohydrates a day. That was the limit. Um, And there were even lists of foods that you could and couldn't eat um, while you were doing that. And so it was pretty limited. So when I first started with that, I thought pizza would be out of my life forever. It was devastating. (laughs) And um, it just, uh, it was really hard to accept. And so Um, I started to look for ways that I could like still make pizza work on a low carb diet. And then I remembered this wonderful lady that lived across the street from where we lived when I was a little kid and she had a daycare out of her house and she used to make these pizzas for us for snacks and she would make them with a flour tortilla and then she would just put pizza sauce and cheese and sometimes pepperoni on top. Um, and they were super good. Um, And we loved them. And so I thought, oh, my goodness, like, how can I make one of those, but like with a low carb version? And so then, fortunately for me, at that time, they had started to come out with low carb tortillas. Um, And so there were, that's what I used. And so I came up with a, a way to make pizza that way. And I used the low carb tortillas, pizza sauce, cheese, and some sometimes pepperoni, um, because that all fit with what I could have when I was doing this low carb diet. Fortunately, there are even more options available now. So if you are doing like one of the low carb diets now, I think keto has been kind of the the one I've seen the most 
um, out there. And I think you there's things like cloud bread and different types of breads and stuff that you can find that are friendly to that diet that you could use in place of like a regular pizza crust that would still keep you, you know, on plan, so to speak with that. Um, however, I do not do and will not ever do low carb diets again after my four year experience with that. Um, that being said, um, I do track macros and I, I sometimes alternate into clean eating. And so there are other ways that you can make pizza that are friendlier to that as well, particularly if you're aiming for complex carbohydrates. So um, there's one of those is something called flat out, which are like these um, wraps. They make them as wraps for, in you know, in place of like a sandwich or bread. Uh, and then they also, so they recently made a pizza crust version, like a flatbread pizza crust type of thing. And I think it's like 130 calories or less than that maybe. Um, they're higher in fiber. They have a decent amount of protein. Um, so they're very friendly for, um, you know, eating healthier and they're a good alternative to the traditional pizza crust. Uh, sandwich thins are another one I like to use because they're about half the calories of like a hamburger bun and they're also higher in fiber. Um, and you can just use these in place of pizza crust and make the rest of your pizza the way that you normally would. You can lighten it up even more by using low fat cheese or turkey ground, like ground turkey in place of Italian sausage. They have Italian seasoned ground turkey that you can find. And they also have turkey pepperoni, which I think is just as good. I don't, the only thing I notice is it's a bit drier. It's not like really greasy, like the other kind of pepperoni, which I've never really liked the greasiness of it anyway. So it, it doesn't really bother me to swap the turkey. Um, and another thing you could do is just leave the meat off altogether and just make a vegetable version pizza, um, just using these swaps. And then you have yourself, um, you know, a healthier option for pizza. And if you're feeling ambitious, you can make your own crust from scratch, which is always better. It's so delicious. And there's so many different options for flour that are not like the traditional like white flour that tends to be really high in it. Well, it is really high in carbohydrates, but it's also a simple carbohydrate. So in other words, it doesn't have a lot of fiber in it. But you can also, so one thing you can do is use white flour and mix in whole wheat flour to add fiber and then help mitigate that effect of the simple carbohydrate. Um, or you can use like almond flour or oat flour, potato flour. There's so many different types of flours out there now that are made from either nuts or other types of grains that have more fiber in them. Um, so that's just another thing you can do to swap out like the traditional kind of pizza crust. Um, and either lower the carbohydrate amount or create more of a complex carbohydrate option. Um, enchiladas is another one. I grew up eating enchiladas almost every week or some sort of Mexican food because my family were half Italian, half Mexican. And so we were always eating one or the other during the week. So um, enchiladas was another one that, <laughs> that was hard for me to wrap my head around not being able to have on a low carb diet. Um, so I found a way to do that as well. Um, and one of those options is to use corn tortillas um, instead of flour tortillas, which was not a big deal for me because I grew up eating corn tortilla enchiladas. Um, anyway, my grandma made them with flour, but my mom always used corn. So that was 
like how I was used to eating them anyhow. Um, but if you are used to the flour, that's one way you can swap it out and lower the carbohydrates as well as the fat because corn tortillas have um, a little bit less fat than flour tortillas do. And um, there's always the low carb tortilla option as well. Um, so you can swap out the regular flour tortillas for those and get um, lower your carbohydrates that way. Um, for that, if you're making them with flour tortillas, I think the best low-carb tortilla is La Tortilla Factory brand. Um, to me, that tastes the most like a regular flour tortilla. They have a good texture. They have a good flavor. Uh, and then you can lighten your enchiladas up even more by using ground turkey breast instead of beef. And you can also, another way you can do that if you want to still get the beefy flavor is to just mix lean ground beef with lean with the ground turkey breast, like half and half. And that way you're cutting the, the beef fat amount down and you're still getting the beef flavor in your enchiladas. Um, you can, of course, always use leaner meats like chicken as well. Um, you can use lower fat cheese as a way to lighten them up even more. Um, or if you make them the way I do, I just usually put cheese on the top of them after I assemble the whole, you know, enchiladas. Um, so I don't use a whole lot of cheese anyway. Um, and when I'm making them, I usually kind of pay attention to how much I'm putting on each one. And it's, it generally tends to be about a tablespoon or so, um, for each enchilada. Um, and so that way it makes it easier to track how much cheese you're getting if you're tracking macros. Um, and you can also cut the carbs down a little bit more if you opt for an enchilada casserole instead of individual enchiladas, because you can just basically layer it like lasagna. Um, using corn tortillas and you can cut the fat a bit this way because you're you don't have to fry the tortillas before um, when you make an enchilada casserole um, versus like if you're doing individual enchiladas you do have to fry them in a little bit of oil to soften them up so that they don't break when you go to roll your enchiladas uh, pasta is another one so if you're doing strict low carb and you have like a very low carbohydrate amount for the day or for any given sitting um, the, really the only option is, um, either a really high fiber pasta, which is going to help reduce your net carb amount. Um, but I find those tend to be really unappetizing. They're not very good. They're usually really gritty. Um, and they just don't taste very, very good. Um, so I, when I was doing the super lower carb diets, I usually used spaghetti squash or zucchini. Um, I always found those to be the best um, kind of vegetable swap for pasta uh, and especially spaghetti squash. Spaghetti squash is really like if you're not going to eat regular spaghetti, that is actually a decent alternative to spaghetti. Um, so I used that for a lot of different types of pasta dishes when I was doing the low carb diet. The only note there is you do have to roast it beforehand. So you have to plan a little bit ahead or build in a little bit more time. Um, for cooking your, um, if you're making it for dinner or something like that, because you have to have it roasted ahead of time. Otherwise, if you're doing like a macro tracking approach or you're aiming for more complex carbohydrates, then just swap out regular pasta for the higher fiber pastas. Um, there's a number of whole grain pastas that, that actually do have fiber in them. You got to be careful because some of them will label themselves as whole grain pasta and then when you actually look at the nutrition facts, they have like a gram of fiber or less, which 
is not whole grain. So um, you want to look for something that has about three to five grams of fiber or more. It's hard to find anything with more than that unless you're getting into these like not so tasty ones that I mentioned. Um, so that's the pasta swaps and hacks. And then for sweets, now this is trickier with low carb, especially if you're super low carb dieting. Um, that being said, I did find a way because I have a sweet tooth and it was really hard for me to not have sweets. So, um, I always had sugar-free jello in my house, um, when I was doing that diet. Um, the little individual sugar-free cups that were pre-made were great. Like they're like 10 calories or five calories or something like that for one. And you really can't beat that. No sugar. Um, and then I usually always had sugar-free Cool Whip um, in my house as well because that was one of the things that was kind of more friendly to that diet. Um, again, no sugar, and it really didn't have like a super high amount of fat either. Um, so it was a good way to kind of satisfy the sweet tooth. And then berries were a lifesaver, especially strawberries, um, blueberries, very low in carbohydrates. Um, so, I mean, per serving, you do have to measure them so you don't get like too high on the amount, but I used to just chop up strawberries and mix them with a no sugar sweetener. And, um, with some of that, the sugar-free Cool Whip or whipped cream, because whipped cream isn't really that high in fat. I mean, if you actually follow the serving size, it's like a gram or something like that. It's really not that bad. Um, so I would do that and that would ha like help satisfy like a sweet tooth that kind of mimicked a strawberry shortcake without the cake. Um, and then I also came across a low carb cheesecake recipe that I still make um, occasionally because it is so good. The only thing is it is a tad high in fat. Um, but that being said, it, it's really good. It's perfect for summer. It's so easy to make. It doesn't involve a lot of oven time. So you're not going to like, you know, get too warm in the kitchen with it. You just... Um, grind up some pecans, like chopped pecans. I would recommend throwing them in like a bullet or coffee grinder to get them more fine. And you melt three tablespoons of butter and then you add three tablespoons of no sugar sweetener. If you don't like the no sugar sweetener and you're not too concerned about carbs, then I would opt for like honey or agave or something like that instead. Um, and you're going to mix all that together and then kind of like pat it out in a pie pan. And then you bake it until it sets. Um, doesn't take too long because um, you don't want to burn burn it because, again, it's all made from pecans. And then that's your crust. So you take that out and let it cool. And while that's cooling, all you do is get a stand mixer and throw in um, a tub of no sugar Cool Whip and um, eight ounces of cream cheese. And if you want to lighten it up a bit, you can use low-fat cream cheese in place of the regular and the no-sugar sweetener. And then you just whip that up in the stand mixer until it's smooth. And then you smooth it over your crust and put it in the fridge for at least an hour or longer, like overnight or something. And there you go. It is so good. It's really yummy with berries, too. And like I said, it makes a great summer dessert, even if you're not doing, like, low-carb necessarily, but you're tracking other things. Um, so it's a great recipe and it's a great way to, you know, still have something like a treat for yourself if you're doing a lower carb diet. Um, so those are all the ones I came up with um, or some of the ones I had when I was doing low carb dieting um, that I still like to use today. 
And then burgers, um, so this is more for macro tracking or lower calorie or lower fat diets. Um, you know, we all love a good hamburger, but they are so high in fat. And um, some of them can really like they can put you they can easily have like two days worth of your fat amount if you're not careful. So I generally don't have like a um, all beef hamburger very often. Um, if I am eating out, I will almost always opt for a turkey burger. Most restaurants will accommodate that. If they don't have a turkey burger option, they will almost always let you swap out a grilled chicken breast in place of the beef. And another option, if it's available, is a portobello mushroom uh, in place of a beef hamburger patty. And they're really good. It makes a really good sandwich. So, I mean, it's not like there's not options out there if you're trying to keep the fat down. Um, so those are what, that's what I do with restaurants. If I'm making them at home, I will just take all ground turkey breast. Um, and I can, I've done a, a different number of ways to season that up to make it taste beefier or just less boring. Right. So, um, one thing you can do is just throw some ranch salad dressing seasoning in there and you can make yourself like some turkey ranch burgers that are really yummy. Um, add some chopped onion and you get an even better flavor. Um, another one I like to do is the little jarred baby food, the beef jarred baby food um, that they usually have it in the grocery stores, wherever they have the Gerber baby food, just one of those little jars and a pack of French onion soup. And you just mix that in with your turkey breast. And um, I would add some Worcestershire sauce. And there you go. It makes an awesome turkey burger. And then um, another option is like what I mentioned before, where you just mix lean ground beef and ground turkey breast. And then you've got like a beefy tasting um, burger patty, but you've cut the fat in half. And I always um, opt for whole wheat bun or a sandwich thin, like I mentioned before, because they're like half the calories of a hamburger bun and they have fiber. Um, and they work just as well as a regular hamburger bun. So um, that's another thing I like to do for burgers. When it comes to like if I want fried fish or fried chicken, so to speak, I always do, I do one of two things. I either um, pan fry them in a little bit of oil, as little as I can get away with to get them crispy and brown, and then I'll throw them in the oven to bake. That's what I do with chicken breast. Um, if it's something like tilapia, I just use a lot less oil. Um, and I'll still cook them in a pan because tilapia cooks pretty quickly. Um, so it's not really worth the while to, you know, move it into the oven and it's a pretty delicate fish. Um, one of the matches in heaven that I found by accident, um, trying to make a lighter version of this is potato flour seasoned as you would with any breaded, you know, chicken or fish that you're going to make. And, um, it is particularly awesome with the tilapia. It's equally good with chicken, but I mean, there's just something magical about the potato flour with the tilapia. Um, you get this really like kind of fluffy, crispy, flaky filet of fish that is just amazing. Um, so I highly recommend that. And using the potato flour, you're getting a little bit lower carb than you would with the flour. Um, although honestly, I mean, the way I do it, I just pat it in the flour without doing the egg wash and breadcrumbs. Um, particularly with fish, you're, you're not really going to notice it. Um, I don't think you really need all that extra breading and all that. If you do want to do that, one of the things I do, 
Um, and I usually only do this with chicken. I don't do it with fish because it just doesn't seem worth it for fish for me. But with chicken breasts, like the thin slice fillets or something, um, I'll pat it in the flour like I just described. And then instead of, you know, just all eggs for the egg wash, I'll use one egg with a couple egg whites and beat that up into, you know, to use for the egg wash. It just lightens it up a little bit more. And then, then I'll use the breadcrumbs from there. Um, and then that's what I'll do for my breading. And with the chicken, like I said, I just pan fry it in as little oil as I can get away with. And then I throw it in the oven for the rest of the time to cook. And that way, um, and I'll put it on those cooling racks for cookies on top of a cookie sheet and bake it. Another option is the air fryer, which is even better because then you do get like a crispy fried sort of chicken breast texture without all the extra fat of deep frying it. So that's my hacks and swaps for burgers and chicken or fish fry. And then for protein, uh, well, for pancakes, because it's it's really hard to just never have pancakes again, is the protein pancakes. They're like a godsend. Um, so my favorite is Kodiak Cakes. That's um, a brand you may have seen in your store. Um, and as a side note, none of these brands or whatever that I'm recommending, I'm not like marketing for them. I'm not paid by them or anything like that. These are just brands that I just use as a regular person in my own cooking that I have found are really good. Um, so, um, like I said, the Kodiak cakes, they have about 10 grams of protein per serving. Um, and they do have also a good amount of fiber in them. Um, so these are a really great option if you want pancakes, but you also know you need to get, you know, good amount of protein with your pancakes and, Maybe you're trying to stay away from the fattier meats like sausage and bacon. Um, so this is a great breakfast option. Uh, you can also make your own protein pancakes by mixing like your protein powder in with your pancake mix, depending on your protein powder. Um, the tip I would add there is if you do not like to drink your protein powder, right? Like if you make those shakes and you're drinking them and slamming them down because you know you got to get your protein that's not what you want to use in your protein pancakes. But if you actually do find the taste of your protein mix enjoyable, like I have one that's a birthday cake flavor that I think is really good, especially if you throw like a banana and some ice in there, it's really good. So I will use that um, in my protein pancake mix if I don't have the Kodiak cakes on hand. Um, so you can do that as well. Um, so it's a great way to incorporate protein into your pancakes. Another thing I like to do, just um, I just think it's really good and my kids absolutely love it, is like if I have a couple bananas that, you know, are on the edge there, they're a little too ripe to eat by themselves, um, I'll mash those up and then I will add a couple egg whites and kind of mix that all together with a little bit of, sometimes I'll use the 2% milk. Um, other times I'll use oat milk or almond milk, um, and just mix a little bit of that in there. I don't like a whole bunch of it, um, just the, personally. So, and then I'll incorporate the protein pancake mix into that. Um, and you get a good consistency, um, and you get some really yummy banana pancakes that are really good. Like I said, the kids love them. Um, so that's my pancake hack. And then protein cereal treats. This is one of my all-time favorites. I learned about this when I was early in my macro tracking days, several years back now. Um, and you make them the same way you would Rice Krispie treats, right? 
Um, so when you get to the part where you're mixing in your um, marshmallow mix with the cereal, that's when you want to like sprinkle in your protein powder. You want to use about one to two scoops um, depending, it's a little bit of trial and error. You don't want to go overboard with the protein mix because then you'll get kind of a funky tasting protein cereal treat. Um, but you get the right balance and then you can get your protein mixed into that, um, and still have like a nice treat for yourself that you can enjoy that also has some protein in it. And it's a good way to get your kids a little extra protein. Um, so that's another one I absolutely love. And I also change it up sometimes by using like cocoa pebbles or fruity pebbles instead of rice krispies. Um, because it's just they're just fun and yummy. So um that's what I like to do. And then I saved my all-time favorite for last. I just think this is so genius and hilarious at the same time. Um, I learned this one from Weight Watchers, and it is diet soda cupcakes or cake. Um now, you could add frosting to this if you want and still not totally de defeat the purpose of these, depending on how, like, if you're not adding a ton of frosting. I don't like frosting that much, honestly. I really just like cake without it, I preferably. Um, anyway, that's just me. So, but this is, like, the easiest cupcake or cake recipe, and it's fat-free. So, it's just amazing to me. Um, all you ever do, all you do is you take your cake mix, like your box cakes mix, and you dump it in a bowl, and then you open a can of diet soda, and you pour it in and mix it up until you get a smooth consistency. You pour it in your cake pan or your cupcake cups, and you bake it according to the box directions. And if you're wondering, like I did the first time I make this, if you're going to have some crazy explosion or volcanic reaction in your oven while this is baking, you are not. Do not worry. You will get these wonderfully light and fluffy cake or cupcakes as at the end of all of this um, that are just, I mean, they're, they're really good and they make a great snack and they have no fat. So I just, I still make these sometimes because it's just, I don't know, it's so easy. Um, and I just think it's hilarious that you just mix this uh, can of diet soda with cake and there you go. Um, a couple other tips I learned about doing this. Um, that makes some good, you know, flavor mixes there. Um, if you're making chocolate cake, opt for diet cola or like a diet Dr. Pepper type of, um, diet soda. If you're making like a spice cake, opt for uh, diet ginger ale. If you're making like a lemon cake, opt for a diet lemon lime soda. And if you're making, um, like a white cake or a vanilla cake, opt for diet cream soda if you have any of those on hand. Now, any old diet soda will work for any of these if like and it won't like destroy the flavor, but you do get like a nice extra dimension there if you do it that way. Um so that's my tip on those. And those are some of my hacks and swaps that have kept me sane and on track over my various weight loss journeys over the years with different diets. And it just goes to show you what a woman on a mission to have her cake and eat it too can and will do. So I hope you will give some of these a try and I hope they will find that you will find these helpful with whatever diet or eating plan you are doing um, and that it will just help you to stay on track on your own journey to a healthier, happier version of you. So that concludes today's episode, my friends. And I would love to hear from you. So if you would please share your thoughts in the comments, I would love that. Um, or just give me a like. 
and subscribe if you want to continue the pursuit of faith, fitness, and joy with me. You can also find me on social media at Facebook and Instagram or check out the website at faithfitnessjoy.com. Also check out my personal Facebook page if you want to catch my free masterclass that I mentioned at the top of the episode. It's called Believe the Art of Walking in Faith. Um, And I'll include the link to my personal profile in the episode description as well. So I will leave you with that today, my friends. Have an awesome day and thank you so much for listening. I hope to see you in the comments and on the socials. Thank you so much for joining Faith Fitness Joy today. I hope you found something helpful in today's episode. I would love to hear what you think. So please leave a comment and let me know what you found helpful or what you'd like to learn more about in future episodes. If you enjoyed today's show, please subscribe. You can also connect with me on social media at Faith Fitness Joy on Instagram or Facebook. Check out the blog at www.faithfitnessjoy.com. This is Rochelle Weiss wishing you health and happiness of mind, body, and soul.